0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Investing for Ocean Impact. I'm Dorothy Herr. In our previous episode, episode four, which was called Becoming Bankable, What Impact Investors Expect, we heard about the work that Thomas Egley is doing as part of consulting group Blue U in Indonesia. There, as in many other places around the world, much of the native mangrove forest has been cleared for ponds for shrimp farming. Blue Yu is now helping some of these shrimp farmers to replant mangroves around their ponds. It is well established that mangrove roots provide a habitat and food source for the juvenile shrimp, which in return can improve the yield of those ponds. And in the future, the mangroves may even bring an income source from carbon credits. It's a great example of a nature-based solution, When we recorded episode four, Thomas was actually in the field and he made some recordings for us. When discussing Blue Finance from our home offices or boardrooms, it is easy to become distant from what it really looks and sounds like on the ground. So in this bonus episode, we're doing something different from our normal interviews. Instead, we're playing Thomas's audio logs in full. We'll be back with a regular episode in two weeks, but for now, the next 10 minutes, We will transport you to the rural Borneo where you hear about Thomas' work in and around the ponds. And you will meet local shrimp farmers. Try listening to this episode with headphones for the full experience.
1: We're at Pak Rano's pond. He was one of the first farmers that we signed up to our project. And we're in a boat That was sponsored by the BNCFF and the boat not only will allow us to go to the center of the pond to go plant some mangroves, but it keeps us safe from crocodiles that live in the area. I'm walking in the middle of a shrimp pond where the water has been let out. It's uh, late afternoon, so it's still hot. Uh, There's no wind, and I'm surrounded by small mangroves uh, between two and four years old. Some of them are taller than I am, some of them come up to my shoulder, Uh, but they all have these cool prop roots that they use for support, and those are super important because that's where the shrimp and all the other animals that live in the mangrove forest live and hide and feed. So when the water is let back into this pond and it's stocked with the little baby shrimp then it's going to be an excellent home for these animals and will be a good addition to our project. Today we're doing what we set out to do on this project which is plant some mangroves so we're out in the afternoon sun in the middle of a five hectare shrimp pond uh, walking on the dry-ish ground Uh, the water has been let out of the pond it's between cycles so there's no shrimp in the pond at the moment so this is a good time to plant the mangrove propagules in the wet soil and then when the water comes back uh, they can start to grow A big part of our visits is uh, walking around the ponds, doing inspections. Uh, We have to set out targets for our aerial mapping. And so it makes for some long days in the sun, unfortunately, because all this work has to happen in daylight. And in the tropics, of course, it's generally kind of hot. So in our project, we're aiming to have different types of ponds. Right now, I'm at one of our first ponds to sign up. Uh, This belongs to a farmer who is quite well known in the area. And it's actually a pond that's quite near to the city, so we can get here by, by road, which is convenient. But the productivity in this area for shrimp is quite low. So he was more than willing to experiment a bit with this pond. So it's about four and a half hectares And what we did, about two weeks ago, we supplied him with 900 propagules, so baby mangrove plants, and he and his team, they planted them. Uh, We still need to bring another 400 for a total of 1,300 plants uh, to cover the, the interior of the pond. And we just did a quick inspection, and it looks like the majority of the propagules are actually still alive, which is great. Um, and it takes them about a year or so to get established and start growing roots. Uh, the leaves start coming out within a month or so. So next time we come visit this pond, we're hoping to see some progress. We also did a bit of uh, aerial mapping. So I had the drone up in the air for better part of an hour to, to map the area. This way, when we come back next time, we can compare the two maps and we can see the coverage of mangroves as it increases over time. And if we're lucky, and if uh, all things go as we hope, then the productivity of this pond also will increase. Now, in return for doing all this, uh, we have a contract with this farmer where we will help uh, to rebuild some of the infrastructure on the pond, so the concrete gates that control the water inflow and outflow need to be uh, fixed and a few other small details. But otherwise, this pond is uh, ready for shrimp So Firman, you say this pond is owned by Armin. Armin, and Armin would be interested in joining our program if
0: no. Uh, we still, I still communicate with with the owner, but yeah, very hard to meet with with him because he he, he did busy, and sometimes I just going here when I'm going to Haryanto and speak with the uh, with the workers, but the worker say yeah it's interesting program and actually for replanting he is uh, agreed because he started the the replanting in the in the pond but yeah still waiting uh, Haji Sindang to to agree about that. and Haji Sindang is still in South Slawesi.
1: Okay, and so it's a process to yeah, process. to speak to them a few times and then yeah. see if they are actually interested and then, yeah. you know, make the agreement. Yeah. Okay. And he was also the one that wanted to see proof, right, if the, if it works. Yeah. Before joining. So it's really important that we have some p- farms and ponds where we can start working and we can show other farmers yeah. and owners that it actually has a benefit for them. Just getting to the ponds is sometimes a challenge because there's two tides a day the area is really remote and there's no infrastructure out here so driving through the canals on a boat you need to be really careful because of the overhanging branches and sometimes you have to push yourself through with a pole because it's too shallow for the engine We've already traveled an hour and a half from the city to get here, and now we're inching our way through the canal so that we can access the ponds. I'm standing at the edge of a huge, extensive shrimp pond here in the Seseup River Delta in northeastern Borneo. It's the rainy season, and so there's clouds, you don't really see the sun. It's, it's warm, but it could get a lot hotter. There's a, about a 10 hectare shrimp pond in front of me, filled with shrimp. You can't see them because they're all at the bottom feeding away, but I can see little, uh, little fish at the surface swimming around. There's frogs jumping on the edges. There's a bit of seaweed. And there's a gate, and the gate is the connection between the pond and the river. And a little bit of water is trickling through out of the pond into the river and then at high tide it reverses so you get a little bit of natural water flow in and out and that's how nutrients and food comes into the pond so it is a natural system and all the animals that are living here there's birds flying around some terns there's some macaques out in the distance um, eating bananas on the side of the pond so it's about as natural of a farming system you can get Most of the shrimp ponds in the Tarakan area, here in northeast Borneo, are quite remote. But there are people living here on uh, stilt houses, Uh, but there's no cell phone reception, there's no way to communicate easily, Um, there's no stores or anything, so everyone has to bring out their own supplies, but it's a quiet place, you can hear the birds, there's insects all over, there's a little crabs crawling around, it's peaceful.
0: That was Thomas Agley from Blue U, reporting from Indonesia. Special thanks to Blue U's Indonesia project manager, Furman, for helping with those recordings. If you'd like to hear more about the project, you can go back and listen to the previous episode of the podcast or visit the BNCFF website on bluenaturalcapital.org. We'll be back in two weeks when we're discussing how to combine nature based solutions with coastal infrastructure investments on the national and global scale. Until then, I've been Dorothy Hare. Thank you for listening and have a happy new year.